Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the final. Broad Street Hockey Radio of 2018. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Uh, we have a Q&A show for you tonight. Much like Santa Claus, we are opening up our Christmas week show like Santa's sack. Taking all your hey. questions. Yeah, see, I got the Santa sack <laughs> in there. We're taking all your questions. We're going to try to get to them all. So we're going to do quick intros and just... Roll through this outline, gang. Uh, let's lead it off with Stephalicious D. Steph Driver, the bringer of fudge. Oh, yeah. I made all of the fudge, literally. Um, we have a mountain of it here. These, that's what this uh, food pile in front of all of us is if you're watching on Facebook right now. I brought everybody fudge for Christmas. Merry Christmas. He's an angel, folks. Um, thank you, everybody, for coming to our Festivus party. We will be having audio from the airing of the grievances this week. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and thank you again for everyone who stopped by the Snyder hockey table at the game. Oh my God, I don't even the know what day of the week Thursday. it was. It was Thursday. 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 Um, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun talking to you and talking with everybody and hanging out with you at Festivus. From TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. This is just a little plea to to our good pal Chuck Fletcher, or Chaz Fletcher, as Kelly calls him. Chaz. So I have four days off at the end of this year, so please, Chuck. Do me a big favor and don't make a trade as soon as this roster freeze ends. You once, just played yourself, once, buddy. Once 2019 hits, I'm all down for it. I'll be back in work, but I really want to use these vacation days. Now's now's when we find out if they listen or not, gang. I should start yeah. advocating for Goldborn to come up Chucky again. two trades! <laughs> <laughs> Last but certainly not least, the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. So I want everybody to calm down just a little bit about Morgan Frost tonight because it's Denmark. <laughs> that is all. Thank you. <laughs> are you telling that me the Danes, character? the Danes are not, are, are Denmarkians I mean... Danes? No? What no, are they're, they? they're Danes, right? Yeah, they're Danes. Yeah, yeah they're okay. Danes. They're, yeah. Just, they're just not that good of a hockey Yeah, player. that's what I'm shaking my head <laughs> are you about. you telling me they're not a powerhouse? Is that what? I don't think so. They're Vikings, but they are not <laughs> Was it, a, was it Lauritsen? He was the Dane? Yes. Oh, I love the great Lauritsen. If he puts up three on like Finland or something, you can, you're can you allowed to get excited. Right now, you're not allowed to be. You're allowed to be a little excited. No. I mean... I forbid it. A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to open it up. I wanted to say thank you to everyone who supports us. Of course, as Steph said, everyone who came out to the Festivus party on Sunday, everyone who came and saw us at the Snyder table on Thursday. And we wanted to kind of make you guys a part of the show because we couldn't do it without you and all that good stuff. So we opened it up. We took questions. We're going to do a Q&A show. Let's lead things off with friend of the show, David Manning. Uh, Because this is our last show of the year, we get to basically look back at the entirety of 2018, David wants to know, in the past calendar year, what has been the most fun Flyers moment? For me, it was uh, when they signed JVR again. That was that was okay. a really exciting free agent signing for me. It yeah. did make me think, ooh, ooh, time to win. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, it's, it's time now. It was exciting. You it know. did stuff. Shit, it did shit came of... crashing back down to earth not long afterwards, but that was but exciting. The way that happened, going out and doing that, kind of put in motion the idea that, oh yeah, they're failing, time to make changes. Because once you say it's time to win, if you don't, people get fired. You know what was my favorite moment of that day? What's that? It was when I asked, after they had officially announced the JVR signing, and when I asked Ron Hextall if he was possibly going to come back and maybe try to re-sign Valtteri Philpel, and Hextall told me no. That was my favorite moment of that day. <laughs> like, yes! I don't have to watch Philpel play hockey anymore. And you gave me JVR back. Thanks, Ron. 
So yeah. that was your most fun Flyers No, moment. no, that was just the most fun moment of that, <laughs> of that day. day. Of that day. Kelly? Yeah. yeah, so Bill and I talked a little bit about this before the show, and there wasn't a lot of fun that I could remember. That's why I wanted to open up with this, because yeah. there's a lot more bleak in here coming up, but, but you know, positivity. Carter Hart's first game, imbued with all of our hopes and dreams, that ended up being a win... I think that was the first really actually fun hockey game of the season. It was the game we've been waiting for. It. It's, yeah. it's something that Flyers fans collectively have been looking forward to. And it went the way that we wanted it to, and he played well, and, and the team in front of him played well, and it was just, it was good. It was very strange not wanting the team to lose. <laughs> I go all the way back to the final day of the regular season God damn last it, Bill. year. Uh-huh. That was mine. Uh, <laughs> hat trick to put them into the to put them into the playoffs. That was a fun game. I really thought you were going to pick the Dave Hacksaw fire, so I thought I was safe because I thought for sure <laughs> I thought for sure you were picking Hack getting fired. If that happened when Hextall did, I would have gone with it. All right, all right, gang. So Harley oh, like, needs another moment. You're on the hot seat. No, that's my moment. That's it. it's, right. not, it's not my fault that Bill took it. It's still my moment. <laughs> you can you can lead off this next one then, Charlie. A second question from David Manning. If you could sit down with Dave Hackstall for a beer, what would you ask him? Same with Hextall. Um, I worded that weird, but same with Hextall. I, I think I think what I what I would love to talk with Hackstall about, like off the record, just purely shooting the shit with him, is just. To chat with him for 20 minutes, get his honest view on analytics mm. and how important mm. they are to his decision making process and why he disagrees. You know, why, despite the fact that analytics say that guys like Valtteri Football and Andrew McDonald and Yuri Laterra suck, why he just he basically ignores them. If there's, I want to know if there's other stats he's looking at that say they're actually good, or if he was just so fixated on this roles idea that it didn't matter to him. I'd love to just have an honest conversation with him about that. Yeah, that it's essentially my answer. I would just kind of like to know what did you see and essentially those players that you just listed that we didn't see, that wasn't recorded on paper, that we didn't see with our eyeballs. What was the thing for you that made them so valuable to the lineup. See, I'm going in a different direction. If I'm if I'm having a beer with these guys, I'm just asking them like, "What's up?" <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm just gonna yeah, wait for so many... Like I'm just hanging out with them. I'm not talking work. I'm not gonna yeah. talk business. I'm not gonna put them on the hot seat. There's like if so I'm having many... a beer with them, it's just like, "Hey, how's your life now that you don't have to work but you're still getting paid?" <laughs> Can I come hang out on the boat? That's I wakeboarding. Love, there's so many like bigger picture things, like the micro stuff that we come on and complain about every week. I would definitely like an answer, but I don't think I would ever get it. No. So like I yeah. would like to know a lot more inside stuff. But I think what I would really want to know if I had Hextall and I had Hackstall, I would go interrogation style. Ooh. And I would ask them both the same questions and then try to piece together, like, all right, <laughs> who's blaming who for the way things like, mm. okay, yeah, Brandon Manning, who like, really, who thought he was good? Yeah. <laughs> like, I would just go, like, I would want to get them together mm. and, like, go dating game. Like, write down your answers to these questions, and then you're going to flip the notepad <laughs> over. You're not allowed to talk to each other about your answers. I like it. Uh, the circumstantial evidence implies that yeah. it was Dave because Ron did and even offer Brandon a contract. Yeah. So I'm guessing it was Dave, but I would love to hear but that. Like things like bringing these guys in and allowing it to happen. Yeah. Like I want to yeah. know. Like, you just where, you, you ask Ron, and how, Ron, Ron doesn't even respond. Yeah. He just rolls his eyes. How the power structure, <laughs> Brandon Maddox. I would love to know how the power structure was uh, was set up. Yeah. All right. So this was one of my favorite questions. Uh, Clay Sauterig proposes you can only protect three current roster players. Who are they? We'll start with that. Okay. So I wrote mine down so I wouldn't forget. Um, And I went with uh, Sean Couturier, Carter Hart, and Ivan Provorov. And my thought process behind that was if you have to, if you can only keep three, those are three that I think you can build your team around for the long term. One good number one center, one hopefully number one defenseman, and one hopefully number one goaltender. I've got like... A lot of questions. What are we protecting them from? Yeah, As it like, matter, it's like a hypothetical. You're three untouchable guys. Yeah, whether, three, if you could only keep like three if, guys, if the, and everybody if else. the building is burning down, I need to save yes. three players. Who are they going to be? Yes. Or sure. like, if a team comes into the league 
tomorrow and I need to protect three players? Like, I've got a lot of Any questions. Any of the above. Guys that you think should be on this team, if we're going to strip the team of all of its players, except so, for three, who should the three be? So Carter Hart is a roster player? He is, he is, he is, right is on now, the roster. Yeah. I have a feeling he's going to be all in all of our answers. I would yeah, imagine, I think so. Yeah. Um, Shane Gostisbehere. Uh, Claude Giroux and Carter Hart. Okay. Charlie? Uh, Hart, Giroux, and Couturier. Those are my three as well. Hart, Giroux, and Couturier. It hurt, it hurts to leave Proveroff off, but to be totally honest with you, like, I've, you know, the hard truth with Proveroff is this. For two years, his stats weren't that good, and we all said, rightfully that it doesn't matter because he's with crappy partners and eventually when he gets put with good partners he's going to be fine and then the second half of last year he was he was very good when put with Shane Gossesbear then this year he was put with a good partner in Shane Gossesbear and he wasn't that good and I, I think it's fair to have some legitimate concerns as to whether he's actually as good as we think. I think he's good, but I think it's fair to have some skepticism that he's actually this you know future Norris contender guy. How dare you? And uh the second half of Clay's, Clay's question, likewise, you can trade three. Who realistically are they? So, obviously, when he puts in realistically, Latera, McDonald, I guess, are the ones off the table. Cause well, why, again, why am I trading them? Are, are, are these the guys that I'm just leaving in the burning building? It's for, like for, for, it's a, it's a hypothetical Did you just situation. tell me to fuck off? No. <laughs> <laughs> I said it's a, it's just a, it's just a, like an Steph intellectual like this exercise. I don't because I need the logic behind it. If it's just like, all right, well you need to trade three players because they're reducing the roster by three. It, my answer is going to be different regard, like depending on the this, this situation. So like, okay, realistically trade pieces, I guess Simmons, um, Gudis, um, Michael Neuvert. There you go. All right, so I went a different way than Steph. I thought about players that if I have to trade three players, if I'm forced gun to my head to trade three, I want to get the most back for them to improve the team if I have to trade them. So I went Simmons because even though he's fallen off a bit, I feel like he's the kind of player that is obviously very valued by hockey men and he would get you something. Jake Voracek, same reason. I feel like he would get you some stuff. And then Nolan Patrick, I feel like with the potential that he has, you could get a haul for him. So. Now I'll tell you to fuck off. That's all right. That's an interesting one because there's people trading. Would a team trade for his potential? Yeah. And you get into the question of, is a team going to buy? Are we selling low or is there potential for his value to drop even further? And then mm-hmm. you're in a you're in like a Markel Fultz situation where the dude's just toxic. Like, I, I wonder what the market for him would be. It's an yeah. interesting it's an interesting proposal. So I interpreted this to basically be the exact opposite of the first question, which is if you had, like basically as in who are the three players you think are the most valuable, and then it was okay, who are the three players you think are the least valuable? Oh, okay. So for me, it was McDonald, Terra, and Weiss. Oh well, yeah, that yeah. you know if if I if we're literally playing EA Sports NHL and you're offering trades and they give you a force trade button, those are the three guys I'm forcing yeah, trades. Okay, okay, but it said realistically. <laughs> I mean, you could realistically trade them, but you'd just yeah, get you're just retaining dirt. salary and yeah, getting nothing back. Yeah, I hate hypotheticals. Um, I guess I'm going Simmons because you know, pending UFA, I'm going mm-hmm. Voracek because I think you get a lot for him. And hmm, who's third? Who's third? One of the defensemen. Uh, if I'm forced to choose, I'm going with ah oh, Jesus. It's like choosing my kids. Hard, right? So it makes it fun. Yeah, I do. Um, it's not fun. <laughs> Ghost, because again, I think you get more oh, for him. Oh, God. I hate it too, but I wonder. I'm starting to think maybe Sanheim can pick up that slack of yeah. Gostas Bear. Or you have two really good puck moving defensemen. You no, need to you fill can, other you holes. You can't have two good players at the same thing. Stuff you can only have one. No, no, no. This isn't Edmonton. <laughs> you can. Joseph Roderick emailed us this question. He says, hey, guys, just wondering how different you think next year's roster could be. Obviously, depends on the coach as well. But let's just go under the assumption there are no big trades this season, uh, expiring contracts, all that stuff that's going to happen this offseason, draft, etc. How different do you think it's going to be next year? They're going to have a lot of cap space. So yep. things going to be pretty different. I I would guess that Simmons is probably gone. Raffle is probably gone. 
Um, Neuvert and Elliott are probably gone. So you're basically going to have to go out and get at least one goalie. And they're probably going to go. I think they're going to go out and they're going to sign a top six forward. Whether it's a center or a wing, I'm not sure. But I think they're going to go out and sign or trade for a top six forward who can bring some scoring punch to this team. And then defensively, I think they're going to try to get a top four defenseman. Okay. So I, I think those are those are three moves that I expect to be made this offseason. And that's not even counting for the fact that I do think there's going to be a big trade in the next month or two. Latera, Simmons, Raffle, yeah, Wheel, oh yeah, Latera's gone. And, and Veroni or the you uh, pending UFA forwards, uh, Folins, the only pending UFA defenseman. Then of course Neuvert and Elliott. I assume both are gone. So, do we think any of the pending UFAs are coming back? Just out of curiosity, um, maybe Folin. I mean, I, he's getting paid nothing. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess just, they just like, have so many guys down there, so though. Many yeah. Like, Friedman or Myers yeah. are close. Sure, but do you want them sitting? I mean, you could have him as the seven. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's getting paid nothing. Yeah, I guess, I, I guess Fletcher knows him from L.A. It's possible. Yeah, oh, right, right, right. He's yeah. getting paid nothing. Uh, that's that's my only reason why I say him. You know, I'd love to see Raffle come back because he is the actual utility knife type player. I just don't think that they're going to. He's 30. Now I could plausibly see them bringing him back because I, I just don't think he's going to cost that much. No, it's just a matter of whether they feel like they need the open space for kids. Right. That yeah. that's what it boils up. But I I don't think he's going to cost a lot. And maybe you get him on a two year deal. Like he makes you know, what two point three. Yeah, now? and he'll get it. He'll get less because like, that was coming off of like yeah. when he had the twenty plus goal yeah. season with Drew and Voracek. So he'll probably maybe like a two year one point five mil a year deal. Yes. You know, two years three million. And I it, may, may, I, I mean, I'd be fine with it. It just kind of comes down to, as I said, about space. And I think it comes down. Yeah, it's a, it's about space to me because you'll have uh, you'll have a, a Vorobiev who made the team out of camp this year. You'll have Nak who already has experience, kind of plays a similar style, similar role to Raffle. And you'll have guys like Rubstov pushing for roster spots, maybe yeah. even a Morgan Frost if we're lucky. So I I just don't. I don't think any of the pending UFAs are coming back, no, I don't and think that's so. it's cool to think that yeah. it's going to be a different team. Well, next the, the year. interesting secondary question there is, and you kind of hinted at it, which kids are going to mm-hmm. make the team next year? I mean, you have to assume that Hart probably will, if he even if he doesn't stick this year, he'll be up next year. Nak, I would assume, makes the team. I would assume Myers makes the team. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Frost has, will have a will have a very good shot. I think I don't know if he'll get on, but he'll be certainly be given a very good shot. And beyond them, uh... maybe Wade Allison if he doesn't decide to leave the organization. Yeah, possibly. It could I mean they lo- well Hexall loved him, so we'll see how much Fletcher likes him. But yeah, I guess he's possible. Um, Joseph already all uh, Joseph also mentions Ratcliffe as a possibility. I like mm-hmm. Isaac Ratcliffe. I like him a lot. I just don't. I don't know. I I, I can't see him outplaying any of those guys in camp. I yeah, don't know. Maybe he I looked mean, really good last year. Yeah, yeah. I think he could. I just. I think. I think that he could think, outplay Albe Kubel. I still, yeah, but they're playing yeah. different roles. Like yeah. Albe Kubel's been playing for a fourth line job. Frack, Ratcliffe's going to have to be in the top nine. And that's the without the without a major trade. If if we're still going to be dependent on roles, which is something we're going to figure out yeah, as we find out mm-hmm. about who the coach is and the GM's mentality more, uh, we'll see. Like if they think, yeah, Ratcliffe top six forward, but nothing after that. All right. Well, if it's kind of Jordan Wheel syndrome, he'll be in the AHL or something, and we'll have you know the other guys who are more role player types yeah. in those roles. Uh, this is a topical one from Philly sports fan that's fan with a PH. He says, even if we miss the playoffs and finish in the bottom five, we all know we'll never win the lose for Hughes sweepstakes. I love how that's just like it's a just guarantee. A People yeah. are like, yeah, we're not going to get it even if we're terrible. Uh <laughs> I, I just love this fan base. Are there other uh, top end, top five prospects we should keep our eyes on during the World Juniors? Capo Caco. Love the name. That's, I can't is it, with is that. Capo Caco. That's. I mean, I need him on this end. team. That's the end of. That's, that's the end of Flyers Twitter. That's I. <laughs> it's better than Nando Eggenberger, and I didn't think that anything could be. It is, and he is a really good finish forward like he is people just want me to have to say shit i can't say like mm-hmm. vasily podskalzin is that what this is Charlie? vasily podskalzin i'm not done talking about capocaco podskalzin it, it actually sounds the way it's the way it looks okay. he's that 17 he's 6 foot 2 181 and yeah and <laughs> i really need him as a flyer i mean it's basically 
this is this is kind of like this draft appears to kind of be like the Matthews line a one where there's mm. a very clear one two, and the Hughes and and Capo Caco are the one two. And you can't just call him Caco. It's nope. got to be the entire name. Capo Caco. He's got to have both Caco. names so, on his so jersey. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But yeah, the one the one thing I will point out here is that um, in the World Juniors, it's. Especially for the big nations, it's kind of rare. Um, and when I say big, I guess I guess specifically I mean the power U.S., Canada, Russia in particular. It's kind of rare when when draft eligible prospects make the teams. Like they have to be really really good. On the lower teams, there's a ton of there's a ton of draft eligible guys because they just don't have as many guys that are that are good. But yeah. like there's a lot of guys who are going to go in the top ten. But they're just they're American or Canadian, so they're not making the team because the teams are so stacked. So there's already first round picks. Like the, yeah, yeah. Morgan so Frost is a third liner right now. He's got a hat trick tonight. Yeah, exactly. So if, this isn't like don't look at the World Juniors as a term where you get to see all the guys that are going to be in the draft. There's only going to be a few, and those three guys: Hughes, Capocaco, uh, and uh, <laughs> and uh, Pod Pod Colson. They're like the right? only three who look like they're going to be top ten picks who are playing in this tournament. This is a fun one also from Philly Sports Fan. Can we get an oral history of the making of the song at the end of the show? The um <laughs> not what that's the are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah. Cuz Philly Sports Fan says it is amazing and all I know is that you're referring to me, the lead singer. Nope. He needs more details. I'm sorry. I am not I had nothing to do with this. I am not the lead singer. <laughs> and no. Bill hates it. <laughs> no, I love the one at the end. Yeah, everyone I hate the old yeah, intro. Oh, okay. I liked the intro, but we have a guy called Albert who writes for the site very, very sporadically. He hasn't in a long time. And he's actually like an incredibly accomplished professional man with like a wife and a son and everything. And he uh, is also hilariously funny and talented and on a whim wrote and recorded that song in his bedroom. Kurt actually wrote the lyrics. Oh, did he? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So Kurt... Kurt this from is the a collaboration. Site. I can't believe yeah. Sean Couturier wrote the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. So Kurt wrote the lyrics. Albert recorded it in his bedroom and did all the music. And yeah, it's yeah, just it's something that was done for fun on in like a week. Like, Appa- and, yeah. Okay. Apparently, his wife was very disturbed with how much he was shrieking. At yeah. Yeah. Saying the song. <laughs> but he he produced probably four or five did, songs yeah. for us, and we played two of them. We One- made an album an album cover for him. We did. We made an album cover for him. There was one of his unreleased hits is I want to fuck the goal horn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, 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 uh, my my, my argument was that the original insurer, that was the debut. Yeah. The, the yeah, second yeah, yeah, song, yeah. that was the like, you know, the big hit song. And then the third one, that was the difficult third album. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that is the unreleased, unreleased hit. <laughs> You'll be finding it. Sergeant Peppers, uh, if yeah. you will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> went, went a little bit too far on the experimentation. <laughs> Kat has a question about everyone's favorite prospect guru, Corey Pronman. Uh, Charlie, so you Charlie's can, uh, co-worker. You can give us, yeah. can give us yeah. some insight here. Okay. Are I was the, on a panel with Corey Pronman once. Are the Flyers prospects slash young players really as bad as Pronman says they are, i.e. Hart, Patrick Lindblom, Provy, Frost? So I don't think... Like I guess if you're if you're saying that by bad you mean not future superstars and the best young boys in the world, then yeah, he thinks they're bad. But like to go through them. So with Hart, he one hundred percent believes Hart's one of the best goalie prospects in hockey. Promen just generally speaking does not highly rate goalie prospects because he thinks that their bust potential is so much higher than any other position. So he's never gonna he's never gonna a goalie prospect is never gonna move the needle for him in a pipeline because he just thinks the position they're voodoo and guys that you think are gonna be great are gonna be bad and guys that you think are bad are end up gonna be great. So he's not wrong. So you got Hart there. That that that's the view of Hart. Patrick he views Patrick as basically a low end first line center. Isn't that kind of what we view him as? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, 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 I don't think I don't think we're you know we're that far off in terms of our view of Nolan Patrick that you know he's probably his ceiling is probably he's an absolutely awesome second line center and he's probably like a league average first line center which yeah. I think is a fair way to view him uh Limblom he always liked Limblom but um, what was what's Limblom Limblom's probably a really good middle six forward I think that's about what he what he views Limblom as Provy, I think he views him kind of as a, a solid number one defenseman. We're obviously hoping he's going to be more than that, and I think it's fair to hope, but that seems like a, a logical 
you know, a safe bet for him is that he's a good number one defenseman rather than a great number one. Yeah, defenseman. and it's like it is. It's impossible to project someone as a Drew Doughty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, unless unless, unless Rasmus, yeah, unless it's Rasmus Dahlin. I was like, about to say yeah. Ristolainen, but I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> uh, yeah, like you just can't. Like Duncan Keith spent two years in the AHL before he was Duncan Keith. Yeah, like yeah. there's no. You know, and then, and then with Frost, uh, that's probably the big disconnect because he's never been a huge Frost guy. He doesn't like the fact that Frost doesn't play with pace. I will say this: I talked to him before the World Juniors, and he is becoming much more sold on Morgan. Frost. Was it a troll that when he put out his initial breakdown of the Team Canada roster, Morgan Frost was mysteriously <laughs> missing? It probably was a troll. Was it a troll? <laughs> well, because when he that's posted, great if it was. Well, because when, 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 when he posted the what did he rank the Flyers possibly like thirteenth or something? something. Yeah. Yeah, 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 something like that. I don't think he's ever gotten that many comments on a single team article mm-hmm. because Flyers fans were so utterly livid that they were ranked that low. And now I think he just he just owns. Oh, it. he loves to troll okay. Flyers yeah. fans. Right. Loves it. Yeah, I don't know that much about him, so I wasn't sure if it, if it's a troll. I love. Oh it. yeah, hilarious. it's definitely a troll. All Anytime right. you see him mentioning <laughs> Philadelphia or not mentioning Philadelphia, no, it's just, on purpose. He left like Morgan Frost, just, and I even I just was scrolling through it to see what he had to say about Frost, and I was like, did I miss him? And then I go to the comments and every comment is like, "Oh, here you go again, Jake Flyers." Yeah. I was dying laughing. Oh yeah, it's a troll. All right. Uh, so Mary Jo, uh, oh okay, Mary Jomas asks about a specific prospect. Many of us have probably been thinking about lately. Uh, what's Mark Friedman's ceiling? Is his name only popping up as an option because of his familiarity with Gordon, or like, do we think? I mean, yeah. ev- everybody down there has familiarity with yeah. Gordon. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's fair to say like. Four. Yeah, I think four is a good yeah. one. Uh, the second pair right-handed yeah, shot. Yeah. I think a lot of people wonder because he stuck around longer than Myers in the preseason. Hmm. That and, and you know, he was a little bit of a surprise in the preseason. He's kind of not one of the big five in terms of defenseman prospects. He was never a Sandheim. He was never a Myers. He wasn't. Haig was even more popular than he was. Um he was. That's the the, the Myers thing is j- because Myers wasn't a UDFA. He was an undrafted guy. Mark Friedman was a third round pick. Yeah, He's not like he was a top ten, but like he was third round pick. He's full of piss and vinegar. Yeah, and part of I me, like him. Part of me wonders. I I wonder. It's going to be interesting to see how Chaz does things differently from Hextall because I part of me wonders if Friedman stuck around longer. Because he's had so much seasoning, and that was such a big thing with Hextall, and Myers had not had enough seasoning yet, so he had to go back down. And I wonder, because I think we all know that in in training camp this year, there were guys who played better than other guys who got sent back down just because they needed more time in the AHL. So I wonder if Chaz is going to be more like, we're going to take the best players, and we're going to move them along rather than... So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to make two points here. The first, okay. po- first point is that I honestly think the reason why Freeman stayed around longer than Myers is because, truthfully, Myers tailed off at the end of camp. Yeah, he, he didn't have a good and, camp. And he, yeah. had, he had a very good start to camp. But by the middle portion of camp, he was having some rough games. And yeah. I think they just figured Freeman wasn't having rough games. He was looking better at the time. Second point I'll make is that, truthfully, I honestly think you just got to throw everything out the window about this camp. Because mm-hmm. because the coach Hextall's, is gone. Because, well, yeah. not even the coach. Hextall's gone. Yeah. Like, everything about that camp was based on Ron Hextall's view of these guys. And Ron Hextall ain't here anymore. So I'm not going to place... Like, the fact that, that Ron Hextall seemed to really like Carson Torinsky's camp, I think that's irrelevant now. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. got to impress mm-hmm. a whole new group. And yeah. more to what I think Kelly was just saying about Friedman. He's tw- he just turned 23. His birthday's actually on Christmas, I think. Oh. Uh, like he's, he's he's young. He's an NCAA guy, so he, he's a little older than, like, Phil Myers is a month away from turning 22. But they've both only had a year and the, in the AHL. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just the NCAA guys have a little, I think, coaches think they have a little bit more seasoning because mm-hmm. they play against older guys. Uh, younger is just the thing. When you're in juniors, you're playing against guys your age. Uh, Jeremy at Jer8668. This is a great one. He says, My son uses fuck significantly more since I've uh, let him join me in listening to Broad Street Hockey. Oops. Am I a bad father for not caring? He also has an unnatural hate for AMAC. I'd say you're a great father, I think so too. See, now I feel bad for cursing. I know. I, but but, but that, that's counterbalanced by the fact that I feel great that his son thinks AMAC is yeah, bad. Yeah, we're doing good work here. Keep up the good uh, keep up the good work and say hi to Ian if you want to make oh, his day. Oh, Ian! 
Absolutely, Ian. Uh, thank you for listening. I am sorry this is adult programming, but isn't adult programming so much more cool than kids programming? Really? Yeah. Come on. Uh, kids are just little adults, so it's, true. <laughs> it's fine. Thanks like, for what? listening to us, Ian. Yeah, like that's a, we grew up like like Beavis and Butthead and South Park and all that shit was cool when we were little. Yeah, so, like you yeah, except we were not supposed to be watching no, that. But come stuff. on, it's cartoons mm. and they're. Swearing. I wasn't allowed to watch Rugrats as a kid because <laughs> reasons. reasons. <laughs> I get, I probably just had terrible parents. And your parents are great. <laughs> Uh, I guess we're accepting questions from BSH insiders. How are we doing this one? Yeah, it's here. It's right in front of me. I uh, can't believe you guys put this on here. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm stepping back. Can this, we this eat is... fudge now? I'm not, I'm <laughs> not even answering the... this. I didn't think that we would be talking about this, but let's Kurt, go. Kurt, the aforementioned Kurt wants to know if the Flyers all played Big Brother against one another, who would end up winning? Uh, looking at you on this one, Hinkle. Okay, so this is an extremely niche question, and so I will roll through the answer quickly. In my mind, there's two clear choices. You have Travis Konechny, who would have an elite social game and would likely close to the end because people love him, like your boy Paul. Or Ivan Provorov, who would be quiet. People would think he was weird, but he would dominate every single competition, both physical and mental, mm. because losing is anathema to him. So he would get to the end that way. I Those are my things. I don't think that I've ever watched an episode of Big Brother, but if I were to to use Survivor instead... It's about this. Yeah. There's no way that Travis Konechny wins. Like I just think Travis Konechny... It, 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 I, I just don't think that people like Travis Konechny that much. He, I feel like you either love him or you hate him because think, he, yeah. he just grates your nerves. I love him. I think that he's perfect in every single way. <laughs> but, you know, he did get Nolan Patrick stuck in a parking garage recently. So. Really? <laughs> did you not watch that Flyers video? I guess I didn't. Um, Nolan Patrick thought that he had chronic hiccups and he's Googling it. And it, it's very entertaining. <laughs> it's good. Stuff. I, I, know, I know who would lose, though. Who's that? Me for having to hear you guys talk about it for three oh, months in Charlie. Slack every every single, single day. Yeah, it's like they, what is it on five times a week? Three nights, four. Yep, every four for the whole summer. Day. Every single day they're talking about Big Brother. Let us live. Create a new friggin' channel because I'm sick of it. Doesn't it have its own channel? No, no. I'm talking about a new channel oh. in Slack. <laughs> Get it out of my face. Isn't Big Brother After Dark like on yeah, Big that's Brother? A thing. Yeah, something. Yeah. Uh, so we have a question from an out of towner, Mark Allred, uh, host of a very good Bruins podcast called Black and Gold Pod, asks. As an NHL Bruins fan, I would like your honest opinions about Wayne Simmons. Folks here in Boston are foaming at the mouth for a player like him if he becomes available, but I'm on the fence and would like to know about the risks. Love BSH Radio, Pod, and thanks. Hashtag Pottern Family. I see what he did there. Yeah. Wayne Simmons is amazing and elite, and you should really convince (laughs) your team to trade a lot of assets for him. He would do really, really well on the Boston Bruins. That's, I'm like, of all the teams foaming at the mouth for a Wayne Simmons. Yeah. Do the Boston Bruins need a Wayne Simmons? They kind of have, like, Wayne Simmons on steroids in, what's his face? The lick face guy. Yeah, Yeah, but no, that's a different style of play. I think the big thing with Simmons is that they want want power play help. Mm-hmm. I think Simmons will be fine there. I'm sure he would. Yeah. I, he's going to be he, fine wherever he goes. Yeah, he's just going to be overpaid. Yeah. Which is fine. Fine, yeah. Because yeah, it's not it's... my money. Wayne Simmons is having a, a down couple of years. I mean, this is not a great year for him. Last year was definitely not a great year for him. But you hope that the talent is still there, and that's what you're paying for. And that's asking about the risks, as Mark did. The risks are the Milan Lucic risks. That's the, I mean, that's yeah. that's the big yeah. yeah, if it turns out like that, you are really screwed. Yeah, you just don't you know, give him an eight-year yeah, contract. You just gave him a, a big term and a, and a big cap number, and here you go. And maybe he's a third liner. Like, so, so the point I'll make that is kind of leaning towards the maybe it could work out for the team that signs him. Oh yeah, definitely is, could. Is, is that the one thing that I do think has probably not been talked about enough this year is the fact that, and I think part of the reason why it hasn't been is because Ron Hextall was so adamant in the offseason that it wasn't going to have an impact, and I have to think he was lying through his goddamn teeth, was that when everybody asked Ron Hextall, like, so Wayne Simmons is basically having the same type of surgery yep, that yep. Drew and Gossis Bear did, and it took them like more than half the next season to look like themselves again. Is the same thing going to happen to Wayne Simmons? Hextall like, no, not a chance. Simmons is a totally different play. I'm pretty sure it's take it's going to take Wayne Simmons till around February before he's even remotely resembling his his old self prior to last season when he played hurt the whole year. So I think that's probably your best case scenario is that you sign him and then he has a bounce back in the yeah. same way that Drew did a full year removed from this abdominal hip thing. So mm-hmm. based on that then because 
you know, if he hits the market, say he were to hit the market today, if he was just Wayne Simmons is an unrestricted free agent, he's coming off the worst year and a half of hockey of of his of, yeah. since he was a freaking fourth liner with with L A. With, with would it like almost behoove him to maybe go get a one year prove it deal if he believes himself uh, to be healthy? No. You never want to turn down the term. I wouldn't. But imagine then he comes back, thirty two goals, boom, he gets the he gets the big contract he wants because I don't think he's going to get it. I now. think I think he's going to get it. Okay. But I just I just look at the Tom Wilson effect. Hockey team, men team, love teams, him. Teams pay for grit, and they're going to like maybe he would have gotten more. But I still think he's going to get bank because some team is going to look at Wayne Simmons and say, I need him on my team. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I believe that it's possible someone does. I just... Um, I, it's so I much of a risk, though, because he's going to be yeah. 31. And if he takes the one-year deal and he has another bad year, then, no, he's, then, then he's toast. Then it's, oh, yeah, you're going to get paid like a bottom six. Yeah, exactly. And that's all there is to it. You're going to be signing one, two-year deals. Uh Delco Delphia also wants to know about the Wayne train. Do you guys agree with me that trading Simmons might be an addition by subtraction? Uh, you could promote Lawton, maybe Veroni, call up NAK. You know, all the guys we mentioned a little earlier who could fill roles in this offense. Do you think the team could actually benefit from trading Simmons now? No. This year, no. I, I, Next I'm, year, maybe. Yeah, I'm saying no because... You just can't replace Wayne Simmons with Nicholas Aubé Kubel. Like that's just not and definitely not Phil Veroni. And no, 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 guy. no, and not that's, Phil Veroni. And um, when I actually, when you were reading that out out loud, I heard Veroni, but I thought you said Vecchioni, and that was just I've almost said Vecchioni instead of Veroni like five times Oops. since they called. I love how it, it's so it's not going to be addition by subtraction. Yeah. Because the team is not going to get better without Wayne Simmons. That being said, they can't really get much worse than what they are right now. Uh, three Does that make sense? Four. I think it's fair to say they might not lose a lot with him gone. But mm. but I do. I just don't see. I kind of piggybacking off what Seth said. I don't see anybody who slides in to do like to slides into his role. And is better in his role than he would be. Now that changes next year. Uh, you know, maybe Wade Allison slides in, and, and a, you know, a twenty-one-year-old Wade Allison is better than Wayne Simmons at age thirty-one, or Isaac Ratcliffe. Like then, I could see those guys maybe providing more than what Simmons has provided in the last year and a half. But like, I don't think it's as simple as just moving Scott Lawton to that spot. Yeah, I'd- like I like Scott Lawton a lot. He's not going to score as many goals as Wayne Simmons is. Yeah, uh, I love one thing about Veroni before we move on. I love how everyone, you know, he gets called up, and oh, good for him, they're giving him a shot. He gets sent down, and he goes, yeah, I mean, he was fine, but he didn't do anything to, like, win the job, and then he's immediately right back. (laughs) I thought I just was uh, was entertained by that. Uh, We have another Simmer question, this this one from Nathan Aaron. Uh, What specifically do you have in mind as a return for Simmons if they were to trade him a specific player slash pick you'd like to see as a return uh, so, you know, what do you think about the possibility of moving him and what the return could be? Because like we said, hockey people still probably love him, but he is in the midst of a down portion of his career. I want a first-round pick. You want a first-round pick. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I mean, specifics are hard because, like, obviously I would like them to call up Pete Shirelli and, you know, <laughs> get Dreisaitl for him or something ridiculous. <laughs> but, like, I, I don't know. I would like them to get as much as they possibly can for him. I would like them to get at least one roster player. Um. Yeah, and a first round pick would be nice. The futures are always good. I mean, it's going to be less than what they got for Braden Shen. So if you think that it's going to be two first round picks and Yori uh, mm, Latera, take a shot on a guy who was good four years ago roster player. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be that. Um, I I've just, no I've just seen, I've seen players that aren't that good get first round picks. The yeah, trade Thomas down. Tatar, a first, a second, yeah. and a third. But he's a rental. So is Simmons. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm saying Simmons oh. is a rental. Okay, but Martin Hansel, the trade that we were ripping, that we were ripping get wild for, at the deadline. Like, guys get first round, especially someone like Simmons who's going to be like the playoff guy. Yeah. yeah, that's, I mean, I can. If you have a team in the right situation that's desperate for a guy to fill a need heading into a playoff run, 
you're going to get like Michael Grabner got a second. Yeah, and yeah. it's that's the if you're if you're the Washington Capitals or whoever and your window is today, right. like your window is right now, you do it because you worry about later later when you can win cups. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, exactly. The Leafs where they're going to be in a real cap crunch soon and even mm-hmm. when they are good and competing with just their guys, they're not going to be able to go out and add a whole lot. Like when they need to, this could be the year they're just like screw it, we'll deal with tomorrow tomorrow. Um, Dan Knightley poses quite a conundrum. If you could see the Flyers win one cup, guarantee one cup, but it meant having Hackstall coach them for the rest of our lives, would you take that cup? In a second. 100%. When is that cup is what I, what I need to know. Well, is it like this year or is it they win and then I die? Like 60 years from now. I mean, the yeah. way it's posed makes it seem like we get a cup and then we have to suffer through Dave Haxtell yeah. for a very long time. They win one by 2025, and then until 2069, Dave Haxtell is the coach. I don't, I mean, care. I don't care about anything if they bring me a Stanley Cup. Yeah. It's all that I want in my life. My opinion is that if he wins a Stanley Cup, if, well, now it's over. <laughs> if, he, if, he were, if he would have won a Stanley Cup, people would have immediately changed their minds and loved him. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like, look at Doug Peterson. Everybody thought Doug Peterson was a goddamn idiot, and then he wins, wins a Super Bowl, and he's a hero. Like, and I could not care less about what the Eagles are doing this season. <laughs> Now, clearly you haven't been listening to much sports talk radio uh, this season, Charlie. Wait, I thought they just hate Jim Schwartz. The guy just won. Uh, there was a lot about Doug. Was, <laughs> you know. uh, all right. All right. Now we're getting to goalies. Andrew Alton has the first question about goalie concerns. He has goalie concerns, as do we all. How realistic is attaining a number one goalie, i.e. Quicker Crawford? I'm hoping we don't just ride with heart. Uh, ride with heart for season for the season, regardless of playoff potential. So why bro- though? Like why why wouldn't you be okay with Elliot Hart? That's what I want to know with this question. Like what about that? What about Jonathan Quick, who gets hurt almost as much as Michael Neuvert, makes you say yes? This is what I need in goal. That's the kind of stability I've been yearning for. Like it's not. I don't. Crawford is hurt right now, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't see giving up assets to get either one of those guys markedly improves the team this year. I don't see any point to it. Getting a better goalie is going to improve the team. That being said, Corey Crawford's career may be over, yeah. so yeah. that is take that one off the table. Scary and sucks. Yeah, Quick's under contract until like 2023. Yeah, yeah his three years into the next decade. And while, while I hate Jonathan Quick as a goaltender and I don't like his style and I think that he has let down Team USA, he's better than what we Yeah, but for the next like seven years? He's better now. I don't know if he's going to be his better. Right I don't, I'm not saying I want him. I'm yeah. just saying that he's better than anyone we have right now. Yeah, I think because I'm kind of in the camp of I don't want to just sell and scrap this year. However, this is a good opportunity to be like, what exactly is Carter Hart? And like Charlie said, this offseason, they're going to add a goalie. They're going to. Yeah. Whether it's a guy to start over Hart, a guy to tandem with Hart, or a guy to back up Hart, we can figure that out by keeping him around. And of course, that's kind of up to Carter to play well enough to it least stay but i'm kind of in that camp of i don't want to go get a quicker or crawford Mm -mm. like crawford's contract isn't that bad but like steph said his career could be over i don't want to give up assets and i'm not in the hoarding assets mood anymore i don't really care about that but i want some i don't want to just give them away for no reason yeah this is why i want them to trade wayne simmons for a first round pick because then you can trade away that first round pick for a goalie there you go amazing uh, south of Kevin's question also pertains to the netminder. Or that I read his question. I read both of their questions. They want Quicker Crawford. All right, Bobby Bobby Tortorelli also wanted to know about John Quick. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Quick rumors? We addressed that. Mid major Matt also wanted to know about Hart sticking it sticking it sticking around. Jesus. Is it inconceivable that if Hart continues to play well, that he could stay for the rest of the year? Sure. Yeah. Not, I, I don't know like it's going to happen, but he, he could well, yeah. stay. Uh, my thoughts on the quick rumors are that there's not a whole lot there of reality there. Um, and in terms of Carter Hart, yeah, why not? Yeah, that's I. Yeah, if he plays well, why wouldn't you keep him up? I think it's kind of the Gostas Bear situation mm-hmm. where Hextall yeah. and I, you know, yeah. we, like we said, the last regime doesn't really matter now. Yeah, we but, have no idea what the future's yeah, going to look like. No idea, but just the idea that. 
you know, the GM didn't really want to bring up Ghost, but they needed someone to do what Mark Strait does, and the only one in the organization who could do it was named Shane Gostas Bear, and then he was incredible, so he had to stay. If Carter Hart plays well enough to stick around, he needs to stick around, because like I just said, let's find out. And Maybe not about his future, but what we're going to need in the next two years. Uh, aside from the names, this is Joe McIlvain now, last uh, last goalie question. Aside from the names previously mentioned, uh, Crawford, Quick, and he throws in Bob as well. What other goalies, if they trade for one, do you think are realistically a good fit? He's heard about uh, he's heard Cam Talbot's name thrown around, but he's not a fan. I, I mean, he's a possibility. Here's my thought on who would be a good fit for the Flyers. Anyone that can stop the puck. Mm. Anyone. I mean, Brian Elliott can stop the puck when he's not I hurt. I'm, I am not, I don't I'm, know if Brian Elliott's going to play again this year. Not yeah, okay. doing the Brian Elliott apology tour today. I, love Elliot, I, I, I would be tour. fine with Elliott if I believed he was going to yeah. play the final three and a half months of the season. That's fair. They don't know when he's going to come back. Yeah. He might have to have surgery again. Okay. Yeah, I like the idea, like Charlie said, in this hypothetical where you could guarantee me he's going to be around. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of a Hart Elliott tandem, but. There's no Brian Elliott is is Michael Neuvert at this point. You don't know. Yeah. And Michael Neuvert just played and he played pretty damn well. Again, it's not going to last. But. <laughs> well, this is this is what we get out of Michael Neuvert. He yeah. plays well, and you're like, oh right, that's why. Well, in his three previous games, he, he stunk. But again, it was like his only three games of action. Well, like, yeah. let's let's go through um, let's go through the uh, the the goalies whose contracts will be expiring at the end of the year. Okay. Uh, so rental, so Bobrovsky. We know the Bob thing. Semyon Varlamov, I don't want. Yeah, I'm good on but that. But like, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's. I guess he's an option. They do have. Gru- they option. do have Grubauer. Mike Smith, I don't want him. No. Jimmy Howard, oh, that's interesting to me. He's a rental. He's old. Maybe they don't want to go the Detroit route again. But I as, do as, not want to go as a, the Detroit as a route one again. year as a finish out the year stopgap. I wouldn't hate it. I don't hate Jimmy Howard. I just again. The idea nope. of trading a first round pick. For oh yeah, I, would, I wouldn't give up a first I'm round just pick. Not, for and they're, that's what they're demanding. Of yeah, course, well, they're demanding that. Well, now. I, I think they're it's they're demanding. December. Yeah, they're demanding that in December. You get yeah. to February, maybe you get him for a second or a third or something. You also get into that month I can't pronounce, and it's the trade deadline. <laughs> and if February, yeah, yeah. Why is the R silent? Because it is. <laughs> oh, I just hate it. Just one but of the R's. All of a sudden, all of a sudden. Pittsburgh is in desperate need of a goalie. I don't want to get into a bidding war over Jimmy Howard for no reason, really, because they're not yeah, going to with, with or without Jimmy Howard. 100% with you. All right. Cole Keller inquires, what is the real problem with the power play, and why don't they put JVR in the Simmons spot? Garbage boy stink men. That's why the power play is bad. Thank Feels you. Right. So the, uh, the conspiracy theory is because they're trying to boost Simmons' trade value? Ah. I've thought that. Uh, I mean, that's... I. I I don't know if that's the reason, but like that could be part of it. Is that if they decide they're going to trade him, they figure rack all the points in the power play at least a little bit. I really, maybe I'm a friggin' truther. I don't think there's there's much structurally wrong with the power play. They're creating chances. They're taking a ton of shots. Shane Gossesbear is the only thing that's wrong with that power play right now because he has no confidence in his shot he getting can't it hit through. The net. But aside yeah. from that. Almost every game, they create three or four chances that I look at. I'm like, that should be a goal, and they just don't finish. And I don't know why they're not finishing, but I've seen those same players finish enough to think that at some point it's going to happen. I know we're at the end of December and it hasn't happened yet, but like, this isn't the penalty kill where for two months to start the year they just look like a dumpster fire. This power play is doing good things; it's just not scoring. That's the, and even when they were good. Like they'd have the occasional disaster power play. This team's always given up shorthanded goals. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. But they would finish when they made their opportunities. Like Charlie just said. Now all of a sudden, you get the occasional. Oh my God, what the hell just happened? We gave up two shorthanded goals on the <laughs> same power play, and also they're not finishing. So it always looks like, or at least the idea is there that they just suck. When I, I, yeah, when I look at it, I go, this should work. Uh, I do think there is something to the handedness because they had JVR in that yeah, spot for a that. bit yeah. and it just seemed like uh, Giroux was a little more comfortable with a righty in that spot. Yeah, he likes having um, that outlet to pass down yeah. to. Uh, speaking of JVR, Connor Farrell uh, already has buyer's remorse. He asks, is it too early to be concerned about JVR's production? If he's not scoring goals, what are we paying him for? Maybe he'll make up for it down the stretch, but right now he looks invisible. Mm. No, it's not too early. However, 
Let's kind of temper our expectations a little bit. He was injured, and when he came back, it took him a little while to find his game again. And so, when he came back, the team was in tire fire. There's also that. Yeah. The team is a disaster this year. Mm-hmm. So let's give him a little bit of leeway. Be a little bit concerned, but don't let it ruin your expectation for next year. So the point I'll make about JVR, this isn't really about JVR. This is more a point about Philadelphia Flyers fans in general, is Uh-oh. that like we scream for years and years and years that we want a goal scorer, and then we get a goal scorer, and we get angry like that. Well, all he does is score goals; he doesn't do anything else. It's like, well, this is this is goal scores. Like this is this is what mm-hmm. you get if you you wanted a guy who's only real like plus plus skill is scoring goals. You got him. I get it. I, we all wish he was scoring more goals, but like. This is kind of what goal scorers do when they're not scoring. It doesn't look like they're doing a lot else because they're they really only score goals. That's the only thing they do really, really well. This is kind of comes with the territory of signing a goal scorer. And I, I will say his lack of production early on. First of all, he played four four periods and then missed over a month. That right there, that's going to take you out of it. He's a goal scorer. He needs to get to the net. Yeah, yeah. he's hurt. It's hard to do. It's uh, hard to get to the net when you're not playing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, indeed. So, the second of all. Like Charlie just said, his job is to go out there and score the goals. You need an effective center to be able to help you do that. Uh, the Flyers had one effective center up until they moved Giroud to center, and now they have two. Um, you know, goal scoring winger can't score goals if his if his if his center's not doing anything. And JVR, uh, yeah, he has four goals in his last nine games, two goals, four points in his last four. Uh, For his career, he averages 0.33 goals a game. During his time in Toronto, he averaged 0.37 goals a game. He's at 0.26 right now. I think he'll be fine. He needs an effective center. Uh, He didn't have one for a period of time. He's with Giroux now. I think that chemistry will improve, and we'll all be happy with a 30-goal season out of JVR. Seems like the logical conclusion yeah i don't know the one thing i will add though is i'm i'm kind of skeptical if we're ever going to see the jvr we want it this season because i just have a theory that his injury is worse than he's letting on yeah and i don't think it was ever i don't think he was ever going to score 36 yeah and hexel even had last year hexel even said that in his exit interview he was like you know we signed we signed jvr you know, and then he, he said, you know, he signed a, 30, a 36 goal scorer, and then he stopped and so he's like, but you obviously can't expect he's going to score 36 goals again. You're expecting he's going to score between 25 and 30. And I think yeah. that's a reasonable expectation for him. Like. No, I think they signed, my thing always with the JVR signing was they replaced Simmons' production a year, a year early. Yeah. He's going to get you 25-30. That's what you're looking for from him. Uh, we just mentioned, hand, well, I just mentioned handedness and uh, as it pertains to the power play. Uh so this is uh, this might be a good time to ask our fifth Beatle, Jake Crawford's question. Mm. How valuable are right-handed defensemen anymore? It seemed like there was a frenzy to acquire them <laughs> in the past few seasons, and maybe it's died off a little bit. Are they still as val- thought of as, as yes. valuable? Oh, yes. yeah, I think so. 100%. For it sure. just doesn't seem as big of a deal to us because now we actually have some of our There are some in the organization, and we have a couple of lefties in Sanheim and Haig who are kind of comfortable on the right side. Uh, Go- mm-hmm. Ghost has done it done it as well and has been effective. He prefers the left. Um, but, I, yeah, I think they are as valuable. I just, maybe they're not as rare as they were. Spend, like, spend some time on Toronto Maple Leafs Twitter and yeah. you'll yeah. how much people want yeah. right-handed defensemen Not Toronto. too much time. Yeah, well, don't spend too much time, agreed. <laughs> yeah, uh, Connor Farrell has a few more questions as well. What happens to the goalie situation when Brian Elliott comes back from injury? Uh, can, if he comes back. Yeah, that, if, that's the big question, if okay. he's going to come back. If he's I, going, I think the, the, the more interesting question to me is what happens to the goalie situation when Anthony Stolarz comes back from injury? Yeah, okay. That because one is closer. an interesting question. Yeah. Elliot, Stolarz, whoever, do you think it would make sense to carry three? Possibly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think they have to, actually. With the injury history between Neuvert and Stolarz, I think it just makes sense. Yeah. I mean, or they might just send Hart down. Yeah. Like they, they really, if, if Hart isn't killing it, they may just send him back down. Which is not, oh, let me just say this now, it's not going to be a disaster yeah. if they send him down. It'll be a bummer just It'll because... It'll be a bummer if he's playing well. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to watch the kid. I want to. I want to, I just want to see him face NHL talent, and I think he'll get where he's supposed to be, whether or not you know he oh. gets killed or not. Yeah, but yeah. 
like, yeah, if they send him down, I'm not going to be like this organization's fucking lost. I, I think I think if he's playing other reasons if he's playing that. well and the numbers are there, he'll stay. Mm-hmm. Like I don't envision this being a scenario where. Guys get healthy, and it's like, sorry, Carter, you have the best save percentage on our team, but you're going down. But if it's a situation where, like, he looks good, but you look at his save percentage, it's 895, they're going to send him down. Okay. Uh, Paul Lenzik uh, seems to be in the same position as a lot, lot of us, wondering exactly what benefit uh, there will be behind big moves as the deadline approaches. He asks, with the Flyers needing to win 70% of their remaining games to reach 100 points and a chance to make the playoffs, should they be buyers or sellers? Well, I think that's what the big moves are going to be. It's selling. It, it's selling the older pieces to get younger. I think it might depend... I mean, I know it's a stretch to think that they could turn the season around, but if we think back to last season, it really was about this time that they started to turn it around and they made their way into the playoffs. Things would have to fall perfectly, I think, for them to do it this season, but they can do it. And if if we get to the deadline and it looks like they might sneak in, I don't know if they'll be buying, but then I don't know if they'll be selling at that point. They had a pretty good December though last year. Like th- this would yeah. be this would be harder. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the the month by month last season. So they started out the year, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna assume overtime losses are losses just because it's easier. Yeah. So October they were six and six. Like okay, you're treading water. You're you're hanging in. November they were two and eleven. So that was the disaster. Was, yeah. The ten game losing mm-hmm. December they were eight and five. So okay. they had already started to turn the corner yeah. in December. And then January, February were great, and that's mm-hmm. how they caught back up. You basically have to. It's doable because last year they had a shitty March, so maybe you do the you you can come back just by having four straight good months to in in 2019. But I just don't know with this goaltending. I just don't know yeah. unless Hart is the guy for the remainder of the year. I just don't know if anybody. I don't know if they have anybody who I trust enough to either be good or stay healthy. That's in terms of buyer seller. I like sell kind of the same, like both. Yeah, I, like you move the older guys to bring in pieces that, yeah, like get younger. Maybe like a twenty-eight. Like I said, it doesn't need to be thirty-five-year-old Ron. You know, could just be a twenty-eight-year-old. Couple of years left. It's not the end of the world. Not but like, the end of the world. Yeah, I think you could do a little bit of both. I. I don't even like. I don't want them to make the playoffs. Like this is this is the year that they fired their coach and GM. They're not supposed to. I don't want a number thirteen pick again. I want a high pick, and let's actually turn the corner with this franchise as opposed to season after season hoping for the same, hoping for the best and getting the same thing. I like this one from Jeff Cantone. Uh, who would you target in a trade to shake up the core? So what piece would you want to send out to sh- if you really wanted to send a message to the locker room? And as a follow-up, oh any interest in Jeff Carter? No. Nah, fam. <laughs> yeah, that, that ship is sailed. I'm so interested in Jeff Carter. You would be. In a you lot just, of ways, you just love none of them related to hockey, I'm It would sure. just be so damn funny. Well, another guy who never signed a contract with another organization other than the Flyers. <laughs> God. So is this question? I, I read this question to be who, what players outside the organization. Outside, but yeah. I'm going to throw in. Let's go. I, I love the idea of trying to get Colton Pareko. Okay, I love it. Hmm. I really like that idea too. Um, I think if if you're trying to send a message to the locker room, who are you going to get rid of? I think it's Jake Voracek. That's yeah. the easiest one to get rid of. Well, I don't not, think. It's, no, easy. I don't think it's going to be. Easy I mean, he, has, he doesn't have a no, trade, no trade, but he's still got a lot of money left. Yeah. You'd have to find. But he's a, good. You'd have to find a team. Well, it's just it's just logistical though. You have yeah. to find a team that has the space to take him on, uh, and he's got. A, he's going to be under contract until he's like thirty four, thirty five. Yeah. So it's you, if you really want to get rid of him, I'm sure you can because he's a good player. But you might have to retain some salary. Is that that big of a deal? I, mean, I really yeah. like. I don't. I'd I don't think it's a good move to. for the franchise. I don't think it's. I, it's, I, I love Jake Vorchek. Yeah, I don't think it's a good move to make. But if you need, if you feel like you feel like you need to send a message to the locker room, that's the guy that you trade. Yeah, yeah. agreed. I wouldn't do it, but answering this question, that's the guy. This is a question that has led to a bunch of off-air arguments. Brandon RVA wants a definitive answer: cake or pie? Cake. 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 That was a definitive answer. Yeah. See, I, I'm I'm torn. You're vacillating. <laughs> I want ice cream cake or pumpkin pie. Like that's. Mm. I don't like ice that's cream. That's very cake. specific. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's ice cream cake is just ice cream. Yeah, People I just, forget I just, that. Just, it's crunchies. It's, it's ice, ice cream, cream with icing on top. Icing and the crunchies. You have to have. <laughs> it has to be the Carvel with the crunchies. I know it has the crunchies. Yeah, but, but then the crunchies get mushy. 
Ah, no, you got to eat it faster. Yeah. Uh, my <laughs> it's ice mom, cream. My buddy's mom used to make an ice cream pie. That's my answer. All right. Yeah, delicious. Coffee ice cream. Oh, yeah. My friend's mom used to make that, too, with we the got, chocolate on top. Yeah, we got fewer Coach Q questions than I thought. Maybe people are coming to grips with the fact he's not coming here. Uh, but he C- still might. But C-Face brought up everyone's favorite hockey reporter, Elliot Friedman. No offense, Charlie. <laughs> Hold has- on. Everyone's favorite hockey reporter is Bob McKenzie. Yeah, they're, they're That's kind, the only one that everybody likes. They're kind of the two that are like above everyone else. It's, I, it's pretty much Bob. Like, it's Bob and Elliot. I feel like Bob a, McKenzie is like a, like a just a, a guy he's, looking down on all of us. He's not a reporter. He's just a guy who knows everything. He's, he's, he's God. He's, a yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's the God of hockey and everything, you know. Yeah. What's the opposite of him? I guess Satan would be... Uh, what's Don Boric. Yeah, I was going to say Don... <laughs> I was going to say Don Cherry, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah so Don Cherry is probably. C-Face asks, what did you think of Elliot Friedman's point on 31 Thoughts that Q might look at Philly as being too far away from the cup? Do you think he's looking to go to a team that is competing right now? Yeah, that's my thought. I mean, you know, the tough part about this question is that the teams right now that are looking for a coach, the Flyers are closer to winning the cup than any of them. Mm-hmm. The, the, yeah. the risk is, though, and this is legitimate risk, especially if it ends up that Quenville, which would be understandable if he wants to sit out the rest of the year. The risk is, is that like, let's say, and I'm not saying that, that this kind of thing would happen, but teams losing the playoffs, weird stuff happens. Like, let's say Tampa Bay loses in the first round and Tampa Bay's like, fuck this John Cooper guy. He can't get it done in the playoffs. You're fired. We're going after Q. Like then immediately Q's like, well, yeah, I'm going to jump in and coach Nikita Kucherov and Andre Vasilevsky and Nick Nicholas Hedman and Steven Sam goes like, then you risk a better job popping up because a team is just like, we're making a move because Joel Quenville is out there and we need someone to put us over the top. That's the risk. Yeah. Um, similar to what I was saying. The teams that are really good right now and are close to a cup are not looking for a coach. Yeah, that's, uh, that is true. Uh, there could be, like, I think you would maybe want a, like, a team that just gets off to a shit start like the Flyers in 09-10. Like, oh yeah, we have Steven. We're a cup contender, absolutely. We have Stevens. Eh, we don't love him. We got off to a bad start. Yeah. We're going to go get LaViolette. Like, yeah. maybe he's going to wait for, that's what I would think about maybe doing is waiting for a midseason hire next year when you see those those kind of who, who yeah. the team is that. Yeah, but like the three teams right now that are looking for coach, the Flyers, the Blues, and the Kings. The Flyers are in the best situation out of those three by, oh, yeah. by far. Yeah, the Kings yeah. are done. And, and the Flyers on paper shouldn't be that far. Yeah. Last one. Uh, we're going to end this one. Drewski just wants to know if the worst is behind us. Have we finally passed through the flypocalypse, i.e. rock bottom, or have we yet to encounter this ominous event? I think we have. I don't know. Um, I, I, I feel like the trades that could happen this season could get bumpy. I, I think that some people's favorite players might be going. I think that it could get bumpy. Bumpy. I mean, the organization is still in chaos. Things are very uncertain. I I think that most of the worst is over, but it could still get worse. That's I like the worst to me is probably that road trip when we knew the coach was getting fired, but he's still there, and the team just didn't give a shit because they knew the coach was getting fired. Yeah. So I like from here on out, I think yeah, like the team could perform worse as we get further into the winter. But I mean, that's fine. Hopefully, that would mean we start to see what the problems are, identify them, change things, and go from there. And it's, all right, we have a plan. I think the actual worst of what the fuck is this team, no one knows. I think that part is over. Yeah, yeah, I agree with yeah. that. I, I think for for so many people, the Hackstall firing, it just had to happen. It, for, for a significant portion of the fan base, they were going to be out on this team as long as Hack was the coach. And now that he's not, at least something, at least it's something new. All right, gang, I think that's it. We got through quite a bit of the questions. Uh, didn't get to all of them. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for all your support. And thank you for sending all the questions in. Oh, Steph is freaking out. She's yeah, something to plug. I do. I forgot. So Breaking Tea made us a Starter Heart t-shirt. Uh, you go to Breaking Tea. that's just the letter T, dot com, backslash Philly, and it's going to be right there in front and like the first shirt there. It's our 
Goal Heart shirt, um, and I'm really excited about it. It looks sharp. They sent me three mock-ups, and this is the one that I choose. I chose to go with. So I hope that everybody likes it, and I'll I'll have a link tweeted out and an article on it tomorrow. It's going to be fun when we have Carter the starter and Stoli the goalie. Carter Heart to do to do to do. All right. Oh, so boy. thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out live on Facebook, everybody. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year from everybody at Broad Street Hockey. My name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah! Who's gonna score a hockey goal? Our team! No one does more hockey than our boys! The Flyers! Broad Street Hockey Radio! Turn the shit up, you motherfucker! I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.